Yes, sir. And welcome back to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I want to thank you for tuning in to Road to Damascus in our new season. I know we've been gone for a while, but we're back with the heat. We're back to bring you back all the topics that you want to hear, the discussions you want to hear, and be the misfits of the church that you know we've become. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And the things that's changed is we're in a new year, a new season, but folks still don't want to show up on this way. Um, Stefan and Lauren aren't with us today. It was a uh, scheduling conflicts and that's fine. We going to miss them, but we got some stuff we got to talk about. We got to get the show back going. So we're going to send shout out and love to them. Um, I'm a, what I'm going to start doing this year that we didn't do in the past is I'm going to start giving people socials so you can follow them on their social medias. You can reach out to them as well as reach out to the show. So I'm going to do like I always do. I'm going to tell you how you can uh, participate in the show. You can reach us at Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com, as well as Road to Damascus on Instagram, as well as Twitter. Stefan, you can reach him at tg.steph on Instagram. And Lauren, you can reach her at That Lauren Show on Instagram. And the person who is with me today, the returning Jeopardy champion, the rabbi, the teacher, the minister, the preacher, the one, the only, the champ returning. You get a round of applause. <laughs> rabbi Shonda, how you doing, Rabbi? I'm doing great. It's good to be back in the dancery. Well, it's good to have you back. And we got some uh, things we need to discuss. Before we start, tell them how they can find you, Shonda, because Shonda got a couple new things going on, too. So go ahead. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Okay. Um, I am on Instagram. Instagram as Russian4. There you go. See, you could do this. <laughs> on Instagram as Russian4. Uh, YouTube conversations with Shonda. YouTube. Make sure y'all subscribe and listen. Conversations with Shonda, S-H-O-N-D-A. <laughs> and on Facebook as Shonda Russian. As Shonda Russian. R-U-S-H-N. No, R-U-S-H-I-N-G. I-N-G. Yes. But on Instagram is R-U-S-H-N. Four. Four. All right, so make sure y'all uh, tune in, see some of the stuff she got going on, because she keeps it 100 just like she does on the podcast. So Shonda, are you ready for the topic today? Hey, I'm here for it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So um, about two months ago, about two months ago, a clip went viral, and it showed um, a pastor looked like he was in the middle of a sermon. I don't know if it was a Saturday, excuse, Sunday service, Bible study, or whatnot. But in the middle of him preaching, a, a gentleman comes up to another gentleman, and they begin to fight right in the front row. Just start scrapping like no big deal. And the pastor kind of is watching. Then he walks off, calls the brother's name who was involved in it. And you can't really see them fighting off screen, but they was definitely throwing them things. Uh, neither one of them looked like they could fight, just so you know. But, um, <laughs> but they were going at it. And... That got me to thinking about how we could make that a topic on the show. And then um, as we were preparing um, just before the new year to relaunch uh, for our new season of Road to Damascus, and Shonda was sending me some show ideas. Um, you know, this was right around the holiday, and Shonda must have just finished watching uh, Scrooge. <laughs> so <she's, laughs> she sends me a the text. Grinch. Oh, there you go. Great movie, by the way. Uh, she sends me a text message like, we need to talk about the church and holidays and how we misappropriating holidays and things like that. So literally just five minutes ago, we said, let's marry these two topics together because this talks about the way that the church, one, how the church has fostered, um, fostered, um, um, an environment where anything goes to the point that people feel comfortable coming and just fighting in the front row. Like, like 
I'm not going to say that the building is just some sacred place or whatever, but still, if I would have told you 20 years ago, Shonda, that somebody was going to walk up to somebody else in church and just start throwing them things in the front row. Now, if I would have told you a fight happened in the pastor's office or in the back in the bathroom, you'd be like, oh, I could see that. But just to be right in the front row and going at it, that wouldn't have happened. And then I'll let you piggyback on what you were talking about as far as the other part. First, let me, let me say this. Let me. <laughs> I'm going to try. I remember when the, the church was a holy place. I remember when the requirement was holiness. I remember when you couldn't run in the church. You couldn't play in the pulpit. You better not run up here. You had to keep your kids in line because the kids couldn't be running all through there showing disrespect to the house of God because it was a holy place. And you were expected to pretend to be holy if you weren't holy because somebody would snatch up all your edges like the Africans do when they braid your hair if you got out of line in here. Okay? <laughs> They don't leave nothing out. Shout out to the Africans. All I'm saying is the requirement was holiness. It was a sanctified, sacred place. It was sacred ground to the point where we used to come in, and before you walked in, you prayed. You would kneel, we would kneel down and pray before we sat down. It was Maybe it was ritualistic, but it kept you in the mind frame of always being focused on the main thing, and the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And in the church right now, the main thing ain't the main thing no more. We become people-oriented and less God-oriented. So the standards have fallen to the point where everything is allowed. And the people who should be speaking up are afraid to speak up because they don't want to lose the numbers or they don't want to lose the tides. The bottom line has become more important than souls. And so we see this... This, this generation of people who don't know God, they don't respect God. They don't respect the house of God, the presence of God, or the people of God. And if we think for a moment we're not going to be held accountable for that, you got another thing coming. And that's why we've morphed into this mess that we have now that we're trying to fix. She'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses on the way out. Uh, <laughs> Bars, as the young people say, bars. Um, no, but I, I agree um, wholeheartedly. And this piggybacks to what you had talked about with the holidays. Yeah, um, Christians are the holidays that Christians celebrate really Christian holidays? No. No. Um, so the thing is, and it, there's a saying that says, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Um, and it seems like we not only do that in the world because we see that they're trying to pull back voting rights, that they're trying to um, take away your ability to be able to learn. They want to take, you know, certain education out of book uh, books, out of schools and education curriculums to make us all monolithic in our thinking. But then we also see it in the church where, we see how the Sadducees and the Pharisees acted and you know, that's the modern day churches, the Sadducees and the Pharisees where we're more um, concerned with being um, protected politically. It's about not what you know, but who, you know, self-righteous and things like that. We've gotten to that point. Not now we're repeating that in today's body of Christ and things like that. So when you have people that will allow their children to go on the pulpit and cut up or eat in the sanctuary. Um, and I'm not, I mean, you, you know, everybody used to have a, the, the sister, this, uh, sneaky, the little caramel under the table or hand the you a, or yeah, butterscotch or peppermint or they, your grandmother will cut the, tear the gum in half and mm -hmm. give you a piece. So you and they have a big old piece and you just got this little, like what I'm gonna do with this little piece of gum. Right. Um, you know, but potato chips and sandwiches and people come to church now with a whole lunchbox. <laughs> you can eat all you hear. 
you gotta open up the bag. You got juice boxes, cheese, it's uh, hot to hot tamales, takis, juice boxes, hugs. Not 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 to even mention, they on their iPad with the headphones on the whole time. So you run into that, and then those same people who you just allow them to start run, ruin running the church in line when you start to even want to talk to them about certain holidays. And what we do is we just capitulate and let these things Wait, what we do? Wait, capitulate. Wait, can you use that in the sentence? Can you spell that, please? Nah, what you're not about to do is try to get me to spell it right. Nah, just, okay, but on, I can, but I know what capitulate means. So you ain't about to. I know you hit do. me with no. You know, I just, when I use five dollar words, I ain't looking for change. <laughs> okay, when I use five dollar words, I ain't looking for change. Okay. <laughs> so um, you have people that will capitulate. Thank you. Um, to. Um, or the church will capitulate to these people's requests and won't try to change them. And we've had um, discussions about Bible at our Bible study about Halloween and Christmas and things like that. And my thing is, is if we went back and studied the history of all of these holidays that we Easter, uh, Christmas, even Thanksgiving, <laughs> like, all of these, we will understand that they are not what we think they to be. And we just inserted Christianity into it to make it more palatable for the people. And at the end of the day, that's not what uh, that's not. I'm not saying what we shouldn't be doing. I'm not about to sit here and turn because we understand like Christmas is supposed to be a celebration of the birth of Christ. But when you think about Christmas, what do you think about Black Friday? Uh, Cyber Monday, debt, <laughs> debt, Christmas trees, Yuletide, um, Santa Claus. We think about everything but Jesus. Right. And not only that, you the churches that try to make it about the the birth of Jesus got the wrong nativity scene up. Um, again, that's another discussion for another day. But I mean, you understand what I'm saying, Shonda? I do. So it wouldn't in turn then be shocking to have where we get to the point where a man would feel okay coming to the front and fighting somebody else because they're, because the, 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 the gates have been opened. The, 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 le the lever, the lev levers mm -hmm. of what is decent have and acceptable has been lifted. Yeah. We, in order to get people to come to, this is good, God, thank you. In order to get people to come to church, we have fostered an environment to make them feel like they're at home. This ain't your house. You not at home. Get your feet, get your feet off the seat. Sit up straight. You have now entered the presence of God. And we've gotten so accustomed to welcoming God in and inviting him in. You ain't inviting him in. It's his house. You have the invitation to, to come in. So Should I just keep hitting the Jamaican horn after just everything? Just hold it. Just hold all it. the cylinders are firing this <laughs> way. <laughs> Continue. I'm this sorry. This ain't your house. It's not your house. Hey, everybody, this is not your house. When you come into God's house, there are some rules. Come in here. Bring a gift and leave with more of him. You bring, and sometimes the gift you bring are the burdens that you're carrying because he said, cast them on me because I care for you. And then look to the hills from whence come your help because your help comes from me. Bring me your burdens. I've got the solutions. Come in here. We're going to make a great exchange. I'm going to give you the oil of joy for your heaviness. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. The only thing that creates ashes is fire. So God set your life on fire so you can bring him those ashes and he'll give you beauty for it. This God's house. This ain't your house. Don't come in here and make yourself at home. Now, we only 14 and a half minutes into the show and you done already ready to shut it down. I'm sorry. I'm not. I mean, you didn't already. You, you Was that your closing statement? Because you just shut it down. I'll repeat it at the end. <laughs> but this is why people can come in church and fight. That's what you do at your house. You feel disrespected in your house. You handle it however you want to handle it. You throwing bowls or whatever. 
you don't do that in some. You're not gonna fight in my house. You're not gonna tear up my table. You're not gonna bust up my TV. You're not gonna fall on my dog. Ain't none of that about to happen in here. None of it. You come in my house. You're gonna respect me because now you're in my environment. When we go into the house of God, whatever it is that you're carrying, you should be able to lay it down. He said, if you got a problem with somebody in here, bring your gift and put it on the altar. Go get him and work it out. You're not supposed to be fighting in here. You should have more respect for God, and that's the problem. We have not in, we have not fostered a generation of people who have fear and reverence for God. There is no way if you respected God that you would pick up your fist to swing it at somebody in his house. Amen. You wouldn't do it. It's funny because it, it makes me think about um, and the, the, the thought just <laughs> as quick as it went is as quick as it, it, it left. But um, just piggybacking what you said about um, being in his house and I'm I'm trying to talk myself back into remembering. It, it, well, anyway, while I'm trying to remember, watch while I start talking, it's going to come back. I'm like, oh, wait, now I remember. But anyway, what we've done is I think about when I was younger, going to church with my grandmother, used to go to, with her to Unity Temple. And then um, I used to go to this church called Solomon's Temple. I don't know if you heard of Bishop Bonner. Absolutely. Um, oh God, I loved Bishop Bonner too. He could Bishop go. Bonner was the man. Um, and you know, it was certain things that, and I, and I, I don't want to be misconstrued because I'm not trying to bring back the days of the holy rollers and right. you dress a certain way and that's gonna tell me if you saved or not, or the women who had the nastiest attitudes and, and but just because she was a virgin and wore a long skirt and and things like that. Then we just let her do what she wanted to do, but she was just as nasty as she wanted to be. I am not calling for those days. Right. But what I'm calling for is a level of decency and respect that we should show not only just to, to the church, but to one another. Like we don't even, and that's why I always talk about a relationship. That's what I was going to talk about. Relationship. You, you bring it as a reverence and a respect. I talk about it as a relationship. I always talk about this is a relationship because I, I feel this is important. And I've, and I've used this example on the podcast before me and you have a relationship, Shonda. Absolutely. So I'm less likely to do something to offend you. Now, if I do offend you, it's not intentionally, it's not on purpose. Right. But when you have a relationship with somebody, you tend to know what makes them upset, what makes them tick, what you can and can't say, what you can and can't get away with. Mm-hmm. When you don't have a relationship with God, you don't know what you can and can't do in this house, what you can and can't say. Like you said, we fostered an environment where these people come in. They don't have a relationship. You just want the bodies in there so you can be meeting your quota for your tithes and your offerings. And it's like, like you said, like you at home. No, you're not at home. Right. There are some uncomfortable truths that you're going to hear while you're in this building. We don't even want to preach certain things because we don't want to make people uncomfortable. Because the fact that he thought it was okay to walk into there and open hand swing at the guy and, and the other guys start going right back. We, we, we not about to play that game. Right. I would never like, even we talked about, um, we've talked about this in the past. I have the type of relationship with my pastor where if I disagree with them, I don't I can call him. We can talk it out, whether it be five minutes or two hours. We mm-hmm. we got that kind of relationship. Right. And we've had numerous. I know he's listening. And we've had hey, numerous. Pastor. Hey, Pastor. I, and I know me and him don't agree on, a, on, on some things. And I'll tell him where I stand. He'll tell me where he stands. And there's a mutual respect. Right. Because the art that I have with him, I take to my brother. But never would I stand up in the middle of church and be like, you lie, Pastor. You don't know what you're talking about. You crazy. Why are you lying to these people? Like, but but to me, for you to just think you could just walk up in the church and do that mm-hmm. means you don't have respect, one, for anybody else in their time at the church. Right. You don't have respect for God. You don't have respect for the pastor. You don't have you don't have respect for this individual. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, if he owe you money, if he did something to you, hey, you take that outside. Right. You you go to one of the deacons and say, Hey, I need to see Marcus. 
mm-hmm. immediately. He need to come meet me in the back. I'm just that that was the brother's name. Right, right. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I so, do. we. I mean, there was always some kind of level of, you know, if it was an issue, we're going to take this to the back. We're going to have a discussion in the pastor's office, and, and we're going to keep it to moving. Right. But even they, when you look at the video, they didn't know what to do because they're not used to it. I'm, I'm going to give a little pushback. Okay, just, just a, a little. little. See? Just Same a little. Time. Just a little. Because I believe they knew what to do. Because if you're if you're in my house and some, some people jump up, be like, hey, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? But when you create a space where anything goes, then nobody moves. Even when they know they should, you've made it okay to do nothing, even when you know you should, by the way that it's the atmosphere has already been set. Well, I'm a piggyback. Even more to what you just said. You want to know how I know? Because if there was true respect, we would have never saw the clip. Somebody who was recording that had to, trust me, they ain't going to let that go out on air. Right. Somebody at the church had to even record that and put it out for it to even become viral. Right. That they felt it was okay to even embarrass their church like that. Because that's embarrassing. That's something that you just hear a rumor about. Right. Like that's something like if something happened in our church, you're going to be like, Brock, guess what happened at the church last week? And I'm like, I didn't see that on the video because we're not going to let that make the video. Right, right. But for somebody to take that clip and put it out there, they don't even, like, they don't have no respect at all even for that not to even come out and make the church look bad. Right. They don't care how that make their church look. They don't care how they make that pastor look. It's like, dog, this is a trip. Let me tell you what happened. Really, is it a video? Oh, yeah, I'll send you the video. I'm going to put it on my Twitter page. I'm going to put it on my YouTube page. I'm going to put it on Facebook. I'm going to put it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And this kind of coincides with a topic we talked about before when we talked about going viral and things like that. But social media has been the greatest advancement and the worst deterrent of people in the last 20 years because you can reach people anywhere in the world with a tweet, with a picture. But we've also given people a self-importance and made them feel bigger than who they are and made them feel like everything is okay to just put out. Like, how often now, when we were coming up, you saw somebody fight. You get in, break it up. Fight, break out, not everybody got their phone out. We just got to see what's going to happen. Like, bro, y'all just going to let them fight? Nobody's trying to stop the fight? We'll let you fight to the death and keep those phones going and then post somebody dying on social media like there's no thought or respect for human life that's the story that tells you there's no respect or reverence for God because you can't love God like that and have no respect for the person who's in front of you you ain't got no great love for God if you can just pull out a, a knife or a gun and kill somebody because you ain't like what they said. The devil is a whole lie. And a That's half. A lie and a half. truths and 45 counts of deception. That's not how that works. Holiness was so important to God that when Moses was walking and he saw the bush on fire and he went to approach it because this is something I've never seen before. The bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. And he went to approach it and God stopped him. He said, hey, Take off your shoes. Well, the ground that you are approaching is holy ground. That means before you get to God's space, you got to get yourself together. He requires holiness before you come in. So for you to make it all the way in here and act up like that, you ain't got no relationship. You didn't have a relationship with God before you came to church. So it was nothing for you to act a fool while you were in church. So question. Ask it. Is is that then because the message is weak? Like, are we not putting out a message that are is is challenging the people? Is the is the is the message that that the church, the pastors, mainly giving? It's not all pastors. We can't lump them in. Do, should we give that a disclaimer? Not <laughs> all the views. No <laughs> I'm not gonna run down that road. Again. No, but um. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, forgive me. I just be, 
sometime, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just didn't mean to go there. What I'm saying is, all, all in all, we have we we can complain about milk toast sermons. We could talk about what we talk about. We can talk about pastors who hold a whole hour church service and never read a scripture and things like that. So what I'm asking you is, is because we already acknowledge that the church has fostered this environment, but it's like, okay, once we get them in, are we just not even giving them anything? Like, are we just giving them baby food, not trying to give them solid food? That is just like, Oh, I can do what I want to do because you don't, if I go to church for any length of time, at some point, what you're saying is going to start to stick. But if I feel like I can do what I want when I want, that means that what you're telling me isn't challenging my my status quo. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So are, is people's status quo being challenged, I guess, is my ultimate question. It's not being challenged. We've, we've watered down the gospel. We've, we've presented that the word is too much. It's too much. Okay, so I'm just not going to tell you the whole truth. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to shave a few of the points off because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Let me, let me just say this. How often did you just get your feelings hurt when you was going to church? Huh? I'm still getting my feelings hurt. That's the point. Because you got a relationship. Relationships, you're not going to have any love relationship where your feelings don't get hurt sometimes. And trying to avoid hurting somebody's feelings, you're hurting their feelings. Like who you pretend to be does more damage than who you really are. Hurt me now with the truth. Don't destroy me later with the lie. You know, tell people the truth. Hey, holiness is a requirement. Give them all the requirements and let them decide whether or not I can do it. Because you still have to choose God. Like here, here's here's the whole thing. This is this is what it is. This is what it is. Are you um, gonna choose what you say? Are you gonna choose this? Or are you gonna choose, choose this? And Moses laid it out. Listen. And the ground swallowed him. Swallowed him right on up. And to, to not make a decision, you made a decision. Now you got to deal with the consequences. But we don't tell people that. We make them feel like, oh, it's okay. I don't want to tell you the truth. And I don't want to tell you you're a liar. So we're giving ninth place trophies. Absolutely. We, uh, participation. <laughs> trophies for, for so, participation. so wait, wait. So you're telling me that God isn't giving participation trophies. We're not getting to heaven for just participating. No. Oh, man, hold on. I might have to change a few things. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm just, wait a minute. That's just a shock to my No, I'm just And playing. that's the thing. In order to do it, you got to change. You can't stay the way you are. Well, if you, I, I, you know I work out <sighs> tickets to the gun show. I no, see, no, I'm I just see. playing. I know you see the face that slimmed a little bit yeah, since you last you know. seen. No, but me and the, uh, this is a gentleman that, I talk to at the gym all the time. We kind of give each other pointers, whatever. And we were having a conversation the other day. He said, the one thing you can't cheat is the gym because the results are going to speak for themselves. Right. You could cheat on the test. I don't know you cheated on the test. Right. You could cheat on your wife, mm -hmm. your husband. I don't know that you cheated on them. Right. But you come to the gym and you telling folks you going to the gym and they don't mm -hmm. see no results. Mm -hmm. You cheating. You're lying. You ain't, right. you ain't. Same thing with, with God. Mm-hmm. If you telling me that you are that you didn't started serving the Lord, you ain't got to tell me. Right. Your personality, your actions, your walk, everything you do is going to tell me if right. you didn't made the change. Absolutely. And if by chance you fool me cuz we can fool some of the people all the time. Right. If by chance you fool me, it don't even matter to me in the grand scheme of Cuz you can't fool because, him. Oh. Hit the button, man. <laughs> we was on the same page. You can't fool him. Right. You're going to get there, and you ain't going to be able to get in. Depart from me. I never knew you. You got your ticket from a scalper. Ooh. You ain't going to be able to get in. I like that this one. ticket is invalid. Imagine you said, scan it again. Right. Hold on, you, know, you take the your credit card. You know, you take you your credit card, and right. you start wiping it. That. Hey, Anybody hey, got some wipes? Hey, can you, can you, hey, you know what? The last person put it in a plastic bag and they slid it down. So right. can you check and see if that'll work that way? Right. You got the chip? Because maybe we can swipe it. It ain't working. 
Well, I, you, I, I got my information on my phone, too. Can I can we matter. pull it up on my phone? At this point, we can scan your forehead. It don't matter. God just sitting up there. I can see God just sitting up there like M'Baku on Black Panther in the seat. Like, are you so, done? Right. <laughs> are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Or when he... Um, when they captured, when he went over the cliff, and they brought him back to um, where they were, and they went, and, and he was like, "Will you help?" He's like, "Nobody can tell the no part, but there's going to be a day. That's just going to be the thing. At right. that point, the judgment has already been and set. Chief Thresher will be able to tell the difference between these two strands that almost setting just alike, but one got a real ticket and one does. Like this, it ain't going to matter. Not false. So while we accepting anything, we're allowing anything to take place in God's holy space because it's not your house it's not your church none of it belongs to you it all belongs to God the people belong to God the space belong to God the spirit belongs to God we belong to God we be- none of it belongs to you and you don't have the courage to stand up and tell somebody hey you're not going to act like that in here. That's why people believe in Santa Claus. That's why they believe in the Easter Bunny. And that's why they got churches. Don't with forget Halloween the Tooth Fairy. Stuff. All of it. That's why. That's why. We've made it possible for people to sensationalize Christianity to the point where we don't care if it's real or not. Well, even, even like you said, with the I... Um, and if you have your children in the car, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, put the kids to bed. Put, put you know, um, pause the um, podcast or skip ahead. Hit the skip ahead 15-second button a couple times. But I made a determination when I became a parent. When my, it started with my son. I was 18 years old that I wasn't going to lie to him about the tooth fairy. I wasn't going to lie to him about the Easter bunny. I wasn't going to lie to him about... Santa Claus, no, there is no Santa Claus. Me and your mom buy your gifts. Right. Because I don't want our relationship to start off on a lie. And then it was like, oh, it's just a, a little lie to kind of. A little white lie. Yeah, just to, you know, make you feel. No, 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 no. Because when kids find out that there is no Santa Claus, they and they usually out. find out from somebody Another other. Kid. or kid. Or they don't find out from their parents. Right. Needless to say. They are devastated. Wait, wait, mom. You t- wait, wait. All this time, wait. This, the cookies. Who's eating the cookies and drinking the milk? No, we're not about to even. I'm not even about to traumatize you with a lie, right? Because it's a lie. I am going to tell you that the purpose of Christmas is that we celebrate the birth of Christ, and I'm going to tell you that I'm the one who buy your gift, and that's fine. Now, I don't want you to be the one to ruin it for other people and be the one to devastate kids so you don't say anybody, anything to anybody who believes in it. So I'm not about to have my kid be the one that's walking around school with his Farrakhan glasses on and his, um, what do we call that? The Kofi. The Kofi. <laughs> Talking about, listen, my brothers, there is no Santa Claus. Do you think your father would let a white man come down your chimney? And eat your food. <laughs> you understand? Like, that's not about to be my son, which I know the way I talk, y'all think that's how my children talk. And they don't. Well, my daughter kind of, like no, us. my daughter kind of started, kind of turned into a, I got to, you know, I got to pull her back a little bit because I'm telling you, she, she be on some, I be like, wait, who daughter is you? Oh, wait a minute. You my daughter. But I mean, you understand what I'm saying, Sean? So my thing is, is be honest up front. It's Okay. Right. This is the, because if the meaning of the holiday is to celebrate the birth of Christ, me buying you a gift is how's that helping Christ? The wise men brought gifts to the baby. And also they weren't at the nativity scene. That's they why I brought not. that. He was about two or three years old. He was at home. It wasn't it, in the wintertime either, but that's neat. Well, they believe Jesus was born in like September yeah. or something, but that's neither here nor neither there. Because I had somebody. It doesn't matter. Whether he was born in, in, in the spring, the summer, or the fall, he, he was born. You are absolutely right. But since we are making this so much about the birth, wouldn't it be wonderful just to have the information correct? Correct. Wouldn't it be wonderful to just give the truth of the matter? Since we're giving it out and we're trying to correct the misinformation about Christmas, why not correct the whole 
Well, we don't want to shock people's systems. Plus, yes, capitalism. No, capitalism. Of course. It's a money maker. It's a money maker. It's a money maker. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I mean, retail businesses. The people who don't care about the sales. They just got to get, I got to get these gifts because I, I. Shonda, how many TVs do you need for $200? Like, brother, didn't you just buy, like, you buy one for Christmas, then tax season come, you buy another one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, like, how many TVs you really need? Right. Like, really? Do you really need to push this lady down the escalator to get the TV? I saw a video where these people, they took this plastic, I don't know what the gift was, but people grabbing two or three, a little baby grab one, the lady snatches it from the baby and the woman starts fighting the other woman because you ain't about to snatch from my baby. And it's like, where's where, where's the love of Christ? Right. Jesus was born for us to get a $200 75-inch TV. Right. I thought he was born to give us the Holy Spirit. To die for the remissions of our sins. No, but I found out that he was born so I can get these gifts on Amazon Prime. Right. We've, we've messed it up. And the problem is that we've messed up our children. Have people forgotten that, like, my kid is my future? Like, this is my future. We are raising a future without God. We're raising a future without God. So, like, the struggles we have, I'm like, look, if I ain't had a Holy Spirit, I know exactly what I would have done. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have this thought pattern. God wouldn't be forefront in my life. I wouldn't be trying to foster, you know, relationships and help people realize who they are in in, in relevance to who God is. Imagine our children going through the same things we're going through, and they don't have that. They don't have that system of checks and balances that say, hey, whoa, don't say that. They don't have that. They don't have that that says you need to let that go. That's why... Two kids can be at a party having a good time, and you step on somebody's Air Force One, and they pull out their gun and shoot you right between your eyes because they don't have the Holy Spirit that makes the connection like, hey, we connected. You are my brother, even if we don't have the same parents because of the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We're raising a generation without God. What is in store for them? Because if they reproduce after their kind, we are in trouble if we don't fix it now. Well, it's going to happen regardless. It is because that's just because that's the way. Well, and plus the the scripture tells us the same devastation that. that children have when they find out there's no Santa would be the same devastation that people have when they find out there is a Jesus. It'll be the same. Let the church say amen to that. Hey, what's this expression? I'd rather live my life believing there is a God, die and find out there isn't, than live my life like there isn't, die and find out that there is. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Like my nine millimeter. Hey, I'm with him. So I'm just saying, I hope I, I hope I never have to use it. You might, we might have to do, <laughs> but that's another, that's correct. another subject for another conversation <laughs> for another day, but we might have to use it, but no, absolutely. I mean, which I just want to first say, Shonda, you just bars, this whole show, just bars. I don't, I don't know what you kind of looked into the corner and, uh, it made me think of that movie with John Travolta when the, he saw the light come down and the next thing you know he was a genius or something like that. I was, the Holy Spirit had just dropped something in you and you just stri- spitting. I mean, like, like you know, we ain't really got good rappers now and I ain't hating. We got Kendrick. We got J. Cole. You was, you was spitting bars today, so I just want you to know that. But at the end of the day, it's just funny to me because it goes back and I'm always bring it back to this is relationship. Absolutely. Are you bringing people to relationship? Um, I'm just going to say this. You have a, a, it's some, it's a guest in the studio with us. They're just listening in. It's a friend of yours. And she mentioned uh, in the, uh, before we started taping about how she left the church that she was at to go to another church because the church she was at made her feel like 
she was on the, five minutes from hell. No, with gasoline draws on, yeah. as you would say. On baby oil. On baby oil. And then you go to another church where I don't have to preach heaven or hell. I preach relationship. Because if you have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to do stuff to go to hell anyway. Right. I don't, I don't have, my kids know what they can and can't do in the house. And they know what line, they know the look on my face when it's like, are we joking and we done joking. Your sons know the same thing. They know what they can, they can't do. They know what's yours, what's not yours. They know, you know, you might have some candy sitting out and that you don't mind them eating, but they better at least say you want a two. Right. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, y'all just going to eat it all and then put it back in there empty. <laughs> Look at the face. I have found the container with no juice. <laughs> I mean, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You don't even put it back in the refrigerator. Right. Yeah. But what we do is... We are raising a generation to not even have a relationship, to understand, to know. Again, we had talked about planting seeds and some watering. We don't even let seeds be planted because we have let the bottom line become the top line. When you are getting called into meetings about your tithing Mm -hmm. and about how much you contributed to the church last year and what we can do to help you contribute more how about help me with a job right i mean like we we don't we don't have and 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 the pastor don't even know these half the people if you got a church with 10 20 000 people how many of those people are you really touching and them is all the high tithers mm-hmm. it's just or, like or in, your family or your family i mean and i'm just using this person example. how many people does john gray know at his church how many people does Joe Lowe <laughs> don't make that face? Because the face he was making was like he was about to say something inappropriate. I so I, I just it. fix your face. Because if it. we was playing poker right now, I know what was in your hand. I got it. Joe Osteen, mm-hmm. Mike Todd, Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar. How many of these people do they really know at their church? And these is churches that got thousands and thousands of members. They're in a stadium. You're not touching anybody that's not on the platform. Like if if somebody walks up to you, I go to your church. Oh, really? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that's why it's like, really? Oh, okay. So Jesus uses the example of the sheep and they know my voice. He knew. That's why he only walked with 12. He knew each one of them. That's why he could tell Peter, yeah, you running your mouth, Peter, but you're going to deny my name three times. He knew Thomas was going to be the one to say, I need to see the holes in your hand. He knew what Judas was about. That's why he told him, do quickly. quickly. That's why he knew the sons of Zebedee was the way they were. Talking about, let's call some fire from heaven because they ain't letting us come into your town. But he knew how they were. Right. He couldn't dealt with too many more of them. So he was like, I'm going to keep my crew small. Right. But we feel as though we got to have this big crew. Why? Because of capitalism. Because I need to have the big car. The big house, I got to have the books, I got to have the book deals, I got to have all of this. I got to have, I got to have, uh, what is it called when um, um, when you get invited somewhere and they you got a, what is it called? They they got to meet your something. You're, um, you're a writer. Writer, yeah, you got a writer that you got to meet. I need all green M&M's. You know what I'm saying? You know, things like that. I, You know, I, I remember... Uh, it was another pastor, uh, one with the curls, light skin. Clarence. Clarence McClendon, and, and he was talking about to to come on come on his uh for him to come to your church. You got to give him. He you got to stay at a certain kind of hotel. You got to be able to provide this kind of money and all this other stuff. Like what just happened to sharing your gift, right? To help bring because souls. It's not yours. That gift is not. Yours. He gave you that gift to bring right. souls. Exactly. And we don't. And we were just. No, you got to pay for this gift. Right. And then we become becomes like the man who went up to Paul and said, "Oh, you doing this for free? Teach me right. what you doing and show me right. what, how you getting these devils out. I, I'll turn this into a little a profit. Business, right. right. And then what you gonna hear when you when you encounter a real devil? What you gonna hear? Jesus, I know. Mm. Paul, I know. Who are you? Who are you? 
they be like, I thought you had power. Call him to the front. No, no. You want to be on this level? You you wrestle with this devil. Because each each level, you, you got another devil. You got to pay for the level that you're on. So why pretend to be something that you're not? Because guess what? You got to fight the devils that you're not prepared to. I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be like uh, a Keeman coming to America. When he come in with the gun, I'm knocking you out. You just thinking I'm in these clothes, but you don't know I was prepared for this. I ain't trying to be like Daryl right. hiding in the corner and talking about I would have helped you, but you know I had the coffees right. in my hand. Because that's what we got. We got a generation of people talking about they scared. Right. They look like they can help you. Right. But they can't help you. You scared to tell the truth. What you? How you going to help me in a fight? You you ain't got the courage to just say, I, I, I did it. How you going to help me? If you can't run with the footman. How you, how you going to keep up with, with the, the horseman? horseman? And that's what David came out there. Little runny David. His brothers, the king, the soldiers. They saw Goliath and they like, oh, no. We straight. David walked out there like, who is this uncircumcised this Philistine that's just talking about the living God that I serve? Hopes. I'll fight I'll him. Fight him. And, and then, and, and, and I've brought this example up before, and I'm going to bring it again. The minute you volunteer, now they want to mm-hmm. give you their insecurity. Here, right. we'll put this on. Try this. Do right. this. You should do it this way. Don't do it this way. You want to do this? Like, so that's why I don't tell everybody the things that the Lord wants me to do because now they're going to tell you how to do it. Right. Well, if you knew how to do it, if you had the recipe. Why didn't you do it? Why you ain't cooking the food? All this armor you got, it ain't working for you. Right. You didn't step up, but you want me to wear it. Your armor too big for me. And I, I, and I, I ain't never worked with this armor before. But what I got. It's five, five smooth stones. stones. Bam. <laughs> and, and only need one. one. <laughs> Period. Period. Oh, yeah. That's all. All That's all I need right there. And I only Just need one. one. And right yep. between the eye. Yep. Then I'm going to take his sword and cut his head, head off. off and bring it to you. That's it. Say something else. Bam. I think we should end but the show that on that. Was though. done because of relationship. Relationship, because David trusted God. Yeah, he did. And his relationship with God was this: I serve a God that no matter how big the obstacle looks, I look at the mountain and I tell this mountain, "Ye be moved," and it'll move. David didn't have no fears. Now he had some proclivities, but we all got proclivities. But one thing he did have a proclivity for was God. God said he was a man after his own heart. Yes, he had a soft spot for God. He would worship. He would repent. It didn't matter what happened. didn't matter what he did, nor the consequences. When he sinned and God was killing all the people and, and, and his son, when his son died, he said, okay, I got to get up. It's over. He paid the price for whatever it was, and he kept worshiping God. He just kept his relationship with God. He said, this David's a man after my own heart because he won't leave me no matter what. He never separated himself, no matter what. What can separate me from the love of the Lord? Nothing. If I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I ascend into the heavens, he's there. If travel from the east to the west, he's there. There's nowhere you can go where his voice isn't heard, where his hand isn't felt, where his power isn't real. There's nowhere you can go. I think we uh, delivered today. What you think, Shonda? I had a wonderful time. I'm glad to be back with you, man. I missed you. I missed you, too. I'm glad that y'all getting all this fire. I mean, I don't know. Um, Shonda must have been drinking some kerosene or something because she's spitting straight fire. Bars. I'm going to get that sound effect. He's just going to say bars. That's the sound effect I'm looking for But before the next show. It's just going to be like bars because, you know, you. I mean, I can hit you with the Jamaican horn. And I can hit you with the worship music or I can hit you with the amen. But sometimes you just spitting straight bars and it's just like bars. So I thank you as always. So we're going to go ahead and close out. You ready? Ready. Go ahead. There's nothing that can happen without relationship. That should be our focus to establish a relationship with God so that we understand he's not going to accept anything. God will not accept strange fire. It doesn't mean you can't cry enough to make him accept something that he doesn't want. And the best way for you to figure out what he wants 
is to build a relationship with him and he will tell you. And one of the recipes for that is Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Being thankful unto him and blessing his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Appreciate you, Shonda. Appreciate the the show, all our listeners. Stephan and Lauren, y'all better be here next show. I know y'all listening. Uh, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Malachi. And the reason I love Malachi is because if you've ever read Malachi, it, it, it was, it's between, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament before we jump to the Gospels. And you can see that God is pretty much fed up at this point. I mean, he knows Jesus is on his way, but it's kind of like he is telling the children of Israel to the point where it's like, look, I didn't done all of this for y'all. And where's my honor? Um, I'm just going to start at Malachi 1 and 6. It says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fears? Says the Lord of hosts to you. O priests who despise my name, but you say how we have despised your name by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you by saying that the Lord's table may be despised when you're off, when you offer blind animals and sacrifice. Is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame and are sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. We have gotten to the point where we will give God anything and give people everything. We have to get to the point where we're giving God everything and giving people anything. Because at the end of the day, God has given us everything and he deserves everything back. And if you've given him just anything, then you don't deserve a doggone thing. And with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of road to damascus where it's not about the road it's about the journey and until next time thank you for listening and god bless